afternoon. Welcome to Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards. I am Father Larry Richards, and I am in um, Sherman, Texas, St. Mary's Church in Sherman, Texas, doing a parish mission. And there I can find time. The, the priests here are fantastic. The people have been extremely good. Heard confessions last night for two hours. Um, it was fantastic. So uh, tonight's the last night of the mission. So anyone in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, um, tonight's the night of healing and adoration. This is my last mission until the fall. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Next, uh, I'm tired. I can't get wait to get home tomorrow, God willing. Um, and then we have first confessions on Saturday. And uh, then I'll be in Wellington, Ontario on um, Canada next Thursday. And then I am home for all the other talks in that. So welcome. Uh, someone here say that you can hear me to make sure everything works, uh, is working here. So I don't go on. So just on the little chat says, I can hear you father. Somebody, anybody. Hello. There you go. Good job, guys. It took you long enough. <laughs> anyway, so let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for us on the cross. Thank you for the gift of our mother, the mother of your son. Thank you for allowing us to be saved by what Jesus did for us, not what we do for him. Help us to fully receive what he did for us in faith and works. Let us take Mary into our care as St. John did and truly be your sons and daughters and her sons and daughters also, as was Jesus. We beg you these things, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, Pray for us. Good St. Joseph, pray for us. So the way we do things here, if you're new, is the first half hour or so I talk on a particular uh, teaching on the faith. And then uh, we have a half hour where you can ask any kind of questions just by those of you who are live by just putting it in the chat there. Okay. Um, and today we're going to talk about the Blessed Mother uh, and teaching on the Blessed Mother and who she is and who she is in our life. Um because I just think it's so important that we deal with her as uh, our mother. Huh? And so it's good if you have your Bibles today, this will be a, a good reality. Now, when it comes to Mary, we got to know that she was preserved, preserved from all original sin from the moment of her conception. She is the greatest example of how grace works because Mary didn't do anything to earn being the mother of God. Uh, it was pure grace. God chose her. She always had the free will to say no later on, as we'll see. She did not, as we all know, but she was free. But at the moment of her conception, because God lives in an eternal now, what Jesus Christ did on the cross, God took what Jesus would do and placed that on Mary the moment that she was conceived. Why? Not for her, but for Jesus. Because when Jesus would take flesh from her, 
He could not take sinful flesh. So God the Father put what Jesus did on the cross and saved her at the moment of her conception so that when she would receive the Holy Spirit and when she would conceive uh, the body, uh, Jesus, the God-man inside of her, she would be free of sin. And Jesus would not take sin upon himself in his humanity. He did that at the crucifixion when he who knew no sin became sin. But that was a choice that he made for our salvation. But here God chose Mary from the beginning of the world, from the moment that Eve sinned against God and said no to his will now Mary comes and says yes to his will. So she becomes the mother of all the faithful. Now, again, when we look at this, we got to go to um, Luke. Luke's gospel has a lot of this stuff, okay? So when we go to Luke's gospel, we're going to go to the first chapter. And in verse 26, it says, uh, in the sixth day, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, and again, in the uh, uh, scripture stories, a, a virgin can be a young girl or a pure virgin. We've always taken it. Of course, she's a pure virgin. To a, a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Upon arriving, the angel said to her, Rejoice, O highly favored daughter. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Again, this is part of the reality where we get, she was full of grace. She was full of blessing. And that couldn't be if she had sin. So again, it's right already there. Oh, highly full of grace is another translation. This highly favored daughter. Blessed are you among women. Now, she was deeply troubled by his words and wondered what this greeting meant. The angel, uh, and traditionally Mary was about 14 years old. Again, it was totally different. Uh, they had children earlier, got married earlier, all kinds of stuff because most people didn't live, uh, live past 40. Anyway, so she was deeply troubled by these words. And the angel went on to say, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You shall conceive and bear a son and you will give him the name Jesus. Great will be his dignity and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. You will rule from the house of Jacob forever and his reign will have no end. And Mary said to this angel, how can this be since I have not known man? Meaning she was a virgin. The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Hence, the offspring to be born will be called Son of God. Know that Elizabeth, your kinswoman, has conceived a son in her old age and, and she who was thought to be sterile is now in her sixth month. For nothing, nothing is impossible with God. And verse 38 Luke 138, we have a women's conference coming up in two weeks, and we call it 138 Women for this very thing. And Mary said, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me as you will. Now, the uh, Latin for that, let it be done to me, is fiat, F-I-A-T. And it's more than, okay, whatever God wants, it's like I would say reaching out to God. I want God's will more than I want my next breath. And that's her example to us that we need to be people of like that, that reach out and want God's will more than we want our next breath. But also what has to happen is that we know that when Jesus said yes, when Mary said yes, I'm sorry, to the will of God, she brought salvation into the world. 
Now, when Eve said no, our first mother said no to the will of God, she brought suffering and death into the world. Mary, the new Eve, when she says yes, brings salvation. So she is an instrument of salvation, as we all can be instruments of salvation, not in the same way, but we're called to bring Jesus Christ into the world. We have a choice to show people us, or we can show people Jesus. We can be saying yes to his will and bringing God's will to the earth, which always brings salvation. So the first thing that Mary did was say yes to God's will. Now, again, Mary isn't divine. She's not part of the Trinity. Um, she doesn't take the place of Jesus. Mary points us to Jesus. Huh? And so when we focus on this reality, it's given us an example about what we are called to do. We must say yes to God's will every day during the mission. As I've been telling people, I say, you have one, 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 one thing you must do in your life. What is that? And they all look at me, oh, you must do God's will. It's your one purpose in life is to do God's holy will. And again, the reason that is, isn't because, um, you know, God created us, didn't give us a free will, you know, doesn't want us to be happy. Come on, people. God created us, and when he created us, he created us with a purpose. And so when we do that purpose, that's when we're most alive. That's when we're most joyful. That's when we're most at peace because we're doing what we were created for. Huh? You don't have a, a fish that decides, I want to fly. That's not why the fish was created. You and I were created to do God's will and bring salvation to the world. And not like some people want to do. They're constantly filled. Even though, who am I to say this now? After uh, They took pictures here of me uh, the first night. And I look like I was angry in every picture. And I, go, I just look angry all the time. I wasn't angry in any way, shape, or form. Uh, last night, I, I got a little angry. But anyway. Um, but we're always called to bring the good news of Jesus. Like last night when we talk about all these people that hadn't been to confession in 50 years, 40 years, 30 years, and they finally came back home. That's the greatest thing ever. And that's what we all got to be doing. And we got to be doing this by preaching the good news, by saying yes to God's will, not by condemning everybody. Again, as we talked about the first night here, as I've talked about with all of you before, John 3.16 says God didn't. Uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Anyone who believes in him may not die, but have everlasting life. And then three, John 3, 17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. So if God didn't send Jesus to condemn the world, he sure didn't send you. You got that? You know that deep in your heart. That's not your job to condemn the world. It's not my job to condemn the world. It's our job to bring the world to salvation. So that means we got to preach good news. Now, once a person accepts that good news, they got to deny themselves, pick up their cross and follow after him. But that even denying self is something that's like when you're exercising, you're exercising so you can be strong and healthy. So you're denying yourself a particular thing right now so that you can be strong and healthy. So when we deny ourselves, it makes us better. 
It makes us more alive. It makes us more concerned about others. It makes us more wanting to love other people, more wanting to lay down our lives for them. And Mary did all that in one yes to the will of the Father. So must we say yes to the will of the Father. Okay, so that was Luke chapter 1, verse 38. And again, we talk a little bit about uh, she was preserved from original sin for that very moment. She could have said no. She did not. But she always had free will, like all of us. We can always do what we want or we can do what God wants. When we do what God wants, we bring instruments of salvation and life and love to the world. Okay, now again, as I've said, we talk about this a little bit during Advent in preparation for Advent. But as soon as Mary said yes, she went out in haste to take care of her cousin Elizabeth. And one of the surest signs of a follower of Jesus is they become other-centered. They become people who uh, reach out to others that are more concerned about others. Like again, <laughs> I said, I talked to them last night about the reality that, you know, the more, the more loving you and I are, then the more we know we're of God, the less selfish we know we are, even spiritual selfishness. It's a shine that we're not of God. It's when we give away our lives freely every day for God and for others that's what Mary did. That's what Jesus did. That's what we need to do. Even when she sits there and she does the beautiful um, Magnificat in the 46 and following, when she says, my being proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. So what does Mary do? She doesn't point to herself and say, look at me and, oh, I got to take care. Jesus is inside of me. I got to take care of me first and Jesus first. Never, 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 never. You got that, that we can't be focused on our own spirituality and look how holy I am or look how sinful I am. Forget it, forget it, forget it. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Mary didn't do it. Jesus didn't do it. We can't do it. When we have the God of the universe inside of us and receive Eucharist, it's not just for me so I can be saved. It's so I can bring others to salvation. No matter again and again and again. And I've said this so many times and people still, like last night, I said, listen, let the people who haven't been gone to confession in 35 years go first. And there's always still people with no mortal sins that go, it's only been a week, Father, or whatever. And they still go and I still go out of my mind. And I just say, why do you have to always put yourself first? Why are you a grace pig, if you will? I say that miserable. It's always about you and your grace. And you wouldn't even think for a moment of doing something for somebody else to let them go first. That just isn't of God. No matter how holy you and I may appear when we're doing things, if we're not other-centered, we're not of God. Again, Jesus said, all people know you're my disciples because of what? Because you love one another. That means to love other people when you're giving your life for them. It's not you're focused on yourself and your spirituality. Yeah, and I, again, I'm a broken record, I know. But I just want us to sit there and make sure that we are living what God wants us to live and not being focused on ourselves. Mary was not. Again, best way for us to do this is, again, we do an unselfish act every day. 
but also when people ask us how we are, what's the answer? We are blessed. Why? Because we're not drawing people to me. We're drawing people to God. Because he who is mighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name, not mine. Him. Always pointing to God. Okay? So then we go on about all the things. And it, it's very interesting when you look at the Magnificat. It's all about the things that God is doing for others. He who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age on those who fear him. He has shown the strength of his army. He has confused the proud in their inmost thought. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. The hungry he has filled with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of Israel, his servant, ever mindful of his mercy, even as he promised our fathers, Abraham and his descendants forever. God is always concerned about the poor, always about this. And again, when we talk about this or I talk about this, people are saying, you're being social justice, Father. I am not being social justice. I am being Christian. This is from God. It's not for me. Read the Gospels. Those of you who are reading, we got done with Mark's Gospel yesterday. And again, um, you know, I've been doing this for so many years and I was so caught up about the things I didn't know in scripture or never hit me before. And gosh, there's still so much, so much, so much I got to learn. And again, I've been studying this stuff since I was 17 years old. I'll be 64 in two weeks. And there's so much more. So it's so funny when someone had has one encounter and they still live as they something they learned from when they were... Uh, uh, 10 years old, which is fine, but we haven't been growing. We all have to always be growing, growing, growing. Mary did. And so again, then we go on uh, about Mary. The very last words, if you go into the Bible here again, in John's gospel, and there's so much here to go, and I can't do this in a half hour when it comes to Mary. I'd encourage you though, if you really want an in-depth uh, study on Mary or our reality of Mary is just go to uh, my app, you know, again, 100% free, the app, uh, our hope TV, just go to your Google thing or the other stuff, or uh, your iPhone, go to your app things and put our hope TV, and then download it. And again, you will be able to just put Mary in there. And I have a half hour as Mary is disciple. Uh, an hour, hour long talk on Mary as disciple and an hour long talk and Mary in devotion. So this is just a very, very brief summary in a half hour. But if you want a two hour talk on all the things, the scriptures and that about Mary, go to our hope again, 100% free. Just can sit there and learn about it. Anyway, as we go here in the John's gospel and John was the last of the gospels written, we go to chapter two of John's gospel. And here, we'll still spend time in Gospels because there's a lot of stuff in there. But here in the Gospel of John, in chapter 2, verse uh, 5, where so we know how this goes. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Isn't that nice? The mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus and his disciples had likewise been invited to the celebration. At a certain point, the wine ran out, and Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. 
They have no more wine. And Jesus replied, woman, how does this matter of yours involve me? <laughs> My hour has not yet come. And so the last uh, thing that Mary ever said in all the gospels was here. Do whatever he tells you. He told, she told them, and then he changed the water into wine. It wasn't his time. Mary pushed it. You know, woman, what does this concern of yours have to do with me? Do whatever he tells you. She had great trust and faith in her son that he could do anything and he would do anything she asked. Isn't that fantastic? So Mary throughout all of eternity since 2000 years ago, her last words to you and to me was to, is to do whatever Jesus tells us. Well, so are we listening to God again? Um, I have daily mass even here. Of course I have, I have it privately. And then during my mass, I'll record my homily like I did this morning. And the first reading again and again, as I've talked about a million times with all of you people, it says, listen, my people do not listen to me. You must listen to me. So again, are we imitating Mary, listening to Jesus, listening to the father? Are we doing everything Jesus tells us? Do we listen to him or do we do what we want to do um, and ask God to bless it? Again, we got to be disciples who live and listen to Jesus. Huh? And I know I got to grow in that. I can talk about it again and again. And then I'm sitting there thinking, even as I'm in the midst of talking about it, am I truly listening? Even though I go to scriptures every day, I try to listen. Uh, sometimes I'm not listening. I'm listening to me. And so I have to repent and say, Lord, I want to listen to you. I'm going to do your will more than I want to do my next breath. <sighs> Help me, Jesus. And he will. Huh? So it's an important reality that we do, as Mary says, her last verse to us was, do whatever he tells you. And then a couple other places here. Um, oh, about the, um, when someone sat there and cried out, um, your mother and brothers are outside waiting for you. And he doesn't come walking out. He says, who are my mother? Who is my mother? Who are my brothers and sisters? The one who does the will of my father in heaven. So even Mary, she wasn't just blessed because she was the mother of Jesus. She was truly blessed because she did the will of the father. And that's what Jesus is saying. Don't just sit there and think because she's my mother and these are my cousins or whatever that they are blessed. No, no, no. They're blessed because they always say yes to the will of God. So what Jesus is saying about his mother is my mother is blessed because she said yes to the father. You understand? So we are blessed, not just because we go to church, not because we're Catholic, but because we say yes to the will of God. It always comes back to that, huh? And then we're going to go, because I didn't realize it was already <laughs> 23 after, we're going to go to end of John's gospel when Jesus Christ is being crucified. And as he is being crucified here, we are going to John chapter 19, again in John's gospel, chapter 19. And it says here in verse 25 and following, near the cross of Jesus, there stood his mother, his mother's sister, 
Mary, the wife of Clophis, and Mary Magdalene. Seeing his mother there with the disciple whom he loved, Jesus said to his mother, Woman, there is your son. And in turn, he said to his disciple, There is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his care. And so the last gift that Jesus Christ gave any of us was his mother. When Jesus said, behold your mother, John always represents in John's gospel, the whole church. So when Jesus gave Mary to John, Jesus gave Mary to us. And so we need to behold our mother and more than just know who our mother is. We need to take her into our care. Huh? Have you taken Mary into your care? Do you have devotion to her? Again, you don't ever have to worry that you love Mary too much. You'll never love Mary more than Jesus did. St. Louis de Montfort said that. You'll never love Mary more than Jesus did. And again, we don't get stuck on Mary. That's not the point. Mary's like, again, these glasses, you know, these are my cheaters. I need them more than ever now. And I put them on not to get stuck on the glass, but to see other things better. Mary is like putting on a pair of glasses, cheaters, so we can see Jesus better because nobody saw Jesus more than Mary. And again, if you think that you don't need Mary, you make yourself greater than Jesus, right? Because God, Jesus, by the divine will, chose to need Mary, right? That when he was a baby, he counted on her to keep her alive. When he had Mess's diaper, he counted on her to change her. He counted on her to teach her to walk all this stuff in his humanity. The God of the universe chose to need Mary. If you and I say we don't need Mary, we're saying we're greater than the God of the universe. You got that? So I go to Mary for everything. Constantly. I'm like a baby. I am spiritually, you know, and I sit there and I, I'll go and I'll, um, you know, I always go back to the thing of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Are you not my child? Are you not on my lap? Is there anything else you need? I go to her every day when I say the rosary. I go to her every time when I fly because I always get still nervous after all these years and I still uh, go and ask her for her protection, say the memorari for her to uh, lead us and guide us and protect us. Not just me, of course, but everybody that's on the plane. Go to Mary and Mary will spoil you the way she spoiled Jesus. When Mary looks at you and me, she looks at Jesus inside of us. She will hear our prayers, our asking her to pray for us, if you will. <coughs> and she will intercede. And that's the whole thing, that the mother of God, when she asked Jesus for something, he always gives it to her. What she asks of you and me and on our behalf, Jesus will hear her. That's what a glorious thing this is. So 
Go to Mary, take Mary into your care. Go and listen to the things on more of Mary and more in scriptures. Because again, I could only do so much in this half hour and watch what Mary will do for you. You'll never regret going to your Holy Mother, the mother of Jesus. As she formed Jesus, let her form you. You got it? Get it? Are you going to do it? You better. Let you know Jesus' love and Mary's love today and forever. Amen. Okay, so now we're going to go and go and look at some of the questions in that that are here. And then we're going to find out. So we start with Walter. Greetings and blessings from Door, Michigan. Hi, Walter. Good to have you with us. Blessings. Thank you. Hi. Hi, Chris. Good afternoon. I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. Twins had their first communion on Monday. Good confession on Monday. It's a weird day for it. We have our first confessions this Saturday. And my deacon, who is uh, in charge of all that, we have our Trudy one Saturday, Sunday. Monday was supposed to be one of the speakers. And doesn't he get COVID? And then another staff member has COVID. I've already had it twice. I don't want it anymore. So let's hope. Uh, I'm glad I'm not here uh, when they all got this stuff. So anyway, um, pray for them. Good, good, good. Uh, I can hear, I can hear, I can hear. We hear your melodious tone. I'm guessing that is instead of tone. <laughs> AMDG. Hi, AMDG. Hi, Father. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. Regarding anointing sick last rites, it's, is it allowed for a Catholic of strong faith in a sacrament to request the anointing of a non-Catholic? Only um, uh, Catholics can get the anointing of the sick. That's a sacrament. Sacraments are reserved for Catholics. Now, uh, I've actually prayed many times over people um, without giving them the actual sacrament of the anointing of the sick. Like tonight, we're going to anoint many people, Catholics, non-Catholics, whoever comes, because it's not the sacrament. But sacraments are only given for those who are Catholic and those who have the faith in the sacrament. I have been told by other Catholics that they do not believe that missing mass is a mortal sin that, uh, that can get you sent to hell. I've always heard it was. What is the official teaching? The official teaching is it's a serious sin. It's, um, again, when it comes to sin, this is the problem. So who are they when they say, well, I know the church teaches this or God teaches this, but I don't believe it. Then who are you? You're God. You're saying, I determine what's right and I determine what's wrong. It comes all the way back to the third chapter of Genesis. In Genesis, when uh, uh, you will become like God, you will know uh, good from evil. And that means like to be as God means that you're going to decide what is good and you're going to decide what is evil. And so when people say that or they say, you know, sex outside of marriage or getting drunk or whatever it is, those aren't mortal sins. Nobody asks you. We either obey or disobey. So I always sit there when people tell me like, I don't believe it's mortal sin. Well, nobody asks you. Here it is. You can show them that in the catechism where it's at and why it's uh, objectively a mortal sin. And again, it's serious sin. We can't tell anybody if they're in mortal sin because we don't know, but we can say it's a serious sin. Um, I found that reading through the Gospel of Mark to feel high speed after finishing the Gospel of Matthew, uh, it's just like a summary instead of a narrative. Is it just me? I found Mark to be, uh, it's usually, the, the way that we talk about Mark is it's the uh, it's the passion with uh, intro and uh, uh, exit. You know, but it's focused a lot on the passion. So usually everything else I did in one page, the two chapters, a half and half. But 
Here in Mark, I had to do two pages uh, per chapters, uh, a lot more. But Matthew was based on Mark. And uh, the Synoptic Gospels means from the same eye. So Mark um, usually talks about coming from the Q source. And then um, Matthew and uh, Luke also use the Q source. And so a lot of it has the same stuff in it. Uh, but if you notice, there's a lot difference in it too. Like, did Jesus carry the cross alone? Did he have help? Um, in Luke's gospel, it talks about the good thief. In Mark's gospel, it doesn't talk about the good thief. Um, in the Mark's gospel, it talks about again and again that Jesus said, let this cup pass me by. He kept repeating, kept repeating, kept repeating. But traditionally, other gospels talk, or not all of them, but of course, uh, that he said three times. So again, you get little differences because they see it. Uh, they saw what Jesus is doing from different perspectives. Like if you watch, everybody, there's five of us who watch a car accident. We'll all show a different perspective and show a little bit difference about the same uh, uh, the same accident. So the day. So it's the word of God, but it's uh, proclaimed through the eyes of the author who wrote it. But the spirit inspired it, but the author wrote it um, from his perspective. Hope that helps. But yes, Julie Newman. Hi, Father Richard. Uh, I go by Father Larry. Uh, God love you. Thank you for wonderful gospel calendars. Thank you, Julie. Julie Ryan. Hi, Julie Ryan. How's the pagan? Hi, Father Larry. What is a Paulist priest? A Paulist priest is a uh, member of religious order, the Paulist. Um, what sets them apart from other priests? Our priest is retiring. All we know is the new one is a Paulist priest. Well, again, um, like I don't take a vow of poverty. I make two promises of uh, obedience and uh, celibacy. A religious order who belongs to a community, like Apollos is one of them, they take three vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. Huh? So it's uh, the member of the Paulus and, um, you know, they're good uh, religious order. So maybe it, and you get another one and you can have me come out and do it. He'll might have me come out and do a mission in your place. It's been years since I've done a parish mission in San Diego. So maybe we can get out there and uh, do one. Father, thank you for having celebrate mass when you were out of town, even though I miss you. Yeah, but you notice the, uh, the guys that are there. Fantastic. They're retired guys and they're fantastic. So I'm um, so blessed that we can have them. How's Joe, how has Joe been doing? Uh, Joe is doing quite well. He, um, well, I was gone on Monday. They brought him into work because Diane always brings him in the work. And in the, uh, in my courtyard where I put him out and I put him out, he found a dead bird and he rolled in it. Uh, so I guess he stinked to high heaven. So uh, Diane went and gave him a bath and, uh, cleaned him a couple of times and put conditioner on. So she sent me a picture. He was all happy. And then yesterday they took him and had his nails clipped. I don't know how that, uh, how that worked. I never asked him. So um, it's just uh, funny. He's spoiled whether I'm there or whether I'm not there, but he is uh, fine. He's finally getting to uh, miss me a little more <laughs> you know, last time uh, for the first couple of times I was away, I'd come back and he'd go, yeah, it's good. You know, <laughs> Diane's here and he can go over and be with his sister. But the uh, last time he even jumped on me like, whoa, there you go. It's a good thing. Okay. Hi, Donna. Hi. 
Blessings Father Larry was the correct way to do a bread and water fast. You replace each meal with a piece of bread or have one smaller meal in a day. Traditionally, bread and water fasts are done on Wednesday and Friday. And you need substantial bread for that. Uh, like you don't have wonder bread. Because when they made bread, when this stuff was, uh, uh, when bread and water fast first happened, bread was very nourishing. Now most of the bread you buy has no nourishment in it. It's just something to eat. It's been processed. All the good stuff has been taken out. So you need, if you're going to do a bread and water fast, you can eat throughout the day on that bread, but you just got to make sure that it's good, healthy, non-processed bread because you need the minerals and everything else. You'll still get hungry, but it'll make sure that your body is uh, getting what it needs. So it keeps you focused on God because you're hungry but your body is still being nourished. And that's an important reality. Again, so you need good, healthy, non-processed bread. You can make it yourself if you'd like. Uh, there used to be a place, I don't know if it's still going, but a, a, a fasting place online um, where they would send you a bunch of uh, uh, non-processed rules, if you will, and you get a big bag of it and you put it in the freezer and you pull out a couple for the day of your fast. Um, I don't do bread and water fast myself because the bread just has too many carbs for me. I just usually fast. Um, and then I only have one meal or I'll have, uh, I'll fast from to noon and then I'll eat again. At, uh, I'll eat throughout that time and then start fasting again at six you know, for an 18 hour fast. But again, you do, when you do it, you want to make sure you're doing it for somebody else, not just uh, for yourself. Always do any kinds of mortifications for the good of others. And then they'll get it. And then you'll even get double blessings because it's not about you. It's about others and God will bless you even more. Okay. I'm going to try to train my kitten to walk on a leash. <laughs> good luck with that. Uh, there you go. Silly, silly. How can I improve my relationship with Mary? I find it challenging due to difficult relationship with my own mother. Again, I think that to me, um, I had a very difficult relationship with my mother and my father. I come from a dysfunctional uh, background, but Mary, I always, for whatever reason, because Mary, my mother gave me to Mary, when I was baptized, right after the baptism, and Mary took me. And again, one of the best ways I think that yeah, it can help you is to read the words of Mary to Juan Diego at Guadalupe and sit with that as she speaks that to your heart. You know, just let's sit with that while she speaks with that in your heart. And then when you say the rosary, if you truly enter into the mystery and not just say a bunch of words and rattle on like the pagans do, you also fall more in love with Mary. Again, just looking at something as you're meditating on the, uh, the birth of Jesus. And as you're doing this, we talked about a little bit ago. As you meditate on that, Mary looks at you and you watch Jesus be born and Mary's holding Jesus in her arms. And she looks at you and says, would you like to hold him? And you get to hold Jesus Christ in your arms. Whoa. 
It'll help tremendously in your walk with Mary and with Jesus. Because you can't separate the two of them, you know. Ryan Family Law Group. I like it better when you just say uh, uh, Paul the Pagan. But anyway, hi, Father. Hope you are and Joe are doing great. We are. Okay. Jolie, hi, Father. Since I moved to this town 12 years ago and I am United Kingdom, I met with this elderly lady who is nice and then turns on me. We have a disagreement over years that I kept. Uh, my rule is when I'm around my friends is to keep religion out of the conversation. You two are just going to have to agree to disagree. There you go. Um, you work at a care home for elderly. There you go. Da, 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 da. Okay. It's helpful if you people don't talk back and forth to each other on there. Just use this for asking me questions because if not, I get all confused here. Okay. Father Larry, for some reason, when I hear your translations of the gospel readings, it's always hits home. You have a great way of explaining. I will continue to see Mary. Very good. Thank you, Olivia. Go kart. Father Richards, I am not a certified Catholic. That's okay. Now, everyone on my father's side of the family are practicing Catholic. I have great relations with our Lord God in the name of Jesus Christ Almighty. Very good. That's most important. Hi, Audrey. Hi, Padre Lorenzo, tell us about your plane rides and why you made the people mad last night. <laughs> I need to smile. I didn't make um, um, didn't make most people mad because last night was the passion talk. But again, as I always tell people, uh, this isn't about, uh, it's about there's people here who haven't been to confession in 35, 40 years. So you need to let them go first. So your venial sins are forgiven last night. So I'm not telling you, you can't go to confession, but I am telling you, you have to wait to the end. Let the other people go first. And I always tell people, if you come within the first hour to me and it's only been a week or two or whatever, and you have no mortal sins, I am going to yell at you. And so, of course, I had people come and I had to yell at them. I says, I got to be true to my word. But I said, you're being selfish. You put yourself before all those other people. You could have waited. You should have waited to the end. Again, my biggest thing for people is to tell them that we need to be other centered. So that's the whole thing. So that's, I get irritated and I uh, repent of it afterwards. In fact, today I felt bad because I yelled at a few of them. So I said mass for them and their intentions today. Um, but again, uh, you know, when you, tr you try to get people to get out of themselves and people just don't listen. So that's the, the craziness of it all. We got to keep trying to push these things and flying has been absolutely perfect. I just keep going to our lady. Um, cause I always pray for safe and smooth rides. And so like on the way down here, it was uh, fantastic. And hopefully on the way back, it'll be the same. I know that, uh, I always pray for the whole plane and that, but, uh, like every time I go, Oh, I got to fly again. And I do enjoy flying now. I just wish, I think I was flying. If I was doing the if I was the pilot, I'd feel more comfortable. <laughs> it's the trust issue, you know. I can trust God, but it's trusting everybody else. Anyway, I know, I know. And I know I'm going to rest as soon as, uh, uh, again, this will be my last mission until the fall. And, uh, boy, I need, I've been trying to get everything done because we have the Triduum this weekend in our parish, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, because St. Joseph has been moved to Monday in the church calendar because the Sunday of Lent takes precedence over the feast of St. Joseph. So um, um, we have to move it to then. So 
uh, I had to put the, the booklet together and I had to do it from here, you know, and so that was kind of crazy. So it's been okay. And then I had to get the bulletin article done. So I'm always doing stuff and my uh, the finishing the book here. So I've been trying to do all these other things and be there. Uh, so it takes a while. That's all. Okay. But I understand. I must feel like you guys are brainwashed into worshiping Mother Mary. Oh, I sure as heck don't worship Mary, Mother Mary. I have great respect and love and appreciation for her. Why can't we just go straight to God? I do not understand why we have to pray to Mary. I don't pray to Mary. I pray with Mary. It says, um, uh, it says right here, uh, go kart. If you go to the Acts of the Apostles. And da, 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 Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts here. And I sure don't worship Mary, but I sure do love Mary. And that's the thing. So here in Acts chapter one, it says. Um, do, 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 do. They were. Chapter one, suddenly at any time, I feel the Holy Spirit that they're staying with them. First competent, ask your Lord. Brothers, another. When they were suddenly from on high. It says here, praying with Mary. I thought it was right here in Acts 1. But let me do it because I want to make sure that I give you right. Praying with Mary Acts. So Acts 1.14, Acts 1.14. They all joined together constantly in prayer with Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. So again, the early church prayed with Mary, the early church, all this stuff. The first picture we had was of Mary, not of Jesus. Always great devotion to Mary, but no way is she to be worshipped. No way is she taken in the place of God. That's why I say you don't get stuck on the glass. You could, she takes you and points you towards Jesus. So we're called to love her. And just like if you, uh, if you come to a friend of yours and you say, hey, can you pray for me? Of course they can pray for you. Hey, can you give me 50 bucks? Yes, if uh, they have 50 bucks, they can give you 50 bucks. So they take in the place of Jesus. Are you worshiping them? Uh, why don't you go right to Jesus and say, give me 50 bucks? And it just appears out of the sky. No, even if that, Jesus will use someone to give you 50 bucks. And if you, again, I would say, if you don't ask Mary to pray for you, don't ask anyone else to pray for you. Because Mary's alive. She sees the face of God because um, God is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living and we can go to her and she can do things for us just like any other member of the body of Christ can do things for us. So be assured, absolutely, we do not worship her. We go and we pray with her just like we pray with all our brothers and sisters on this earth and all our brothers and sisters that went ahead of us to, the, to see Jesus. That's why we do what we do. But thank you for the question. Carolyn, can you begin explain why grandparents are not allowed to baptize their grandchildren? Many of today's parents say, let them choose when they are older. You're not depriving your grandchildren of nothing because faith is necessary to, uh, 
to let them make the sacrament work. So you can't impose your faith. Let's say your grandkids, let's say you're Muslim or your other, uh, your grand, uh, your, in, your son or daughter-in-law's parents are Muslim. And they decide that that child should be Muslim. And they secretly do whatever it takes to become a Muslim or a Jew or whatever it is. How would you feel that someone imposed that on somebody? It has to be the parents. The church is very clear. We will not baptize anyway, anyone without the parents' permission. That's why faith is necessary. And your job is to sit there and to pray for them and to love them and to point them to Jesus so they can get baptized one day. So don't try to, because if you make them Catholic and they don't live the Catholic faith, they will be judged severely by God on judgment day because you put them under what it is to be a Catholic and they were never raised in the faith. People, this is not magic. It's not superstition. It isn't, okay, they're baptized. It's all that matters. Uh -uh, uh -uh. You have to live the faith. Baptism will not get you to heaven unless you're living the faith. So again, the teaching of the church is clear. And I keep knocking this thing. Sorry. Okay. Father, are you are speaking blasphemy. You know this in your heart. God created Mary. Of course, I know this. Go kart. Don't start with me. I'm just telling you right now. You can ask me a question and I will answer it. If you bombard like this and you try to play games with me, I will block you. Because now you're not being respectful. When you're saying that I am blaspheming, you don't understand and you are being disrespectful. Do not do that to me because I will not put up with it. You will be banned. You understand me? So ask me, I'll gladly answer any questions, but do not start fighting and start calling me names. You got it? Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. How do you celebrate St. Patrick's Day? Okay, what are we doing here? I bake on my bread, good. I fast and abortion, good. Is live video adoration okay? Yes, there is no queen of heaven. That's enough. Okay. Uh, da, da. How do you celebrate St. Patrick's Day? He was a great man who Irishmen liked to, <laughs> like me, owe a great debt of Christianizing our island. Well, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day by it's a solemnity in my diocese because he's the patron, uh, patronal, uh, patron of our Diocese of Erie. So everybody can eat meat tomorrow in Erie, Pennsylvania, the Diocese of Erie, and a lot of places throughout the United States because it's we consider it a great celebration because St. Patrick is our patron. Good afternoon, Father. Can you explain Mark 9, verse 43? I've been doing the Lenten gospel reason. Sometimes I fall behind the readings, praying for you and all priests. Uh, Mark, Luke 9, 43. Mark, Luke. Mark 9, 43. If your hand is your difficulty, cut it off. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great one. Jesus is using uh, exaggeration to make a point. And that means heaven, you need to cut out anything in your life that'll stop you from going to heaven. So it could be, uh, doesn't mean to maim yourself. In fact, um, one of the fathers of the church was not made a saint 
I can't remember which one I, oh my gosh, because he castrated himself because he had problems with lust. So that's why you can never mutilate yourself. So that from the early church, the, uh, they taught us, you know, we've always been taught you can't mutilate. But what God's saying is I want you to get everything out of your life that'll keep you from going to heaven. So that could be television, that could be pornography, that could be wealth, that could be anything. So it's just a very clear, this is how important it is to get to the kingdom, okay? Is your teaching on the wedding feast of Cana, Mary found out that the wine was running out and she went to Jesus and he did what she requested. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I just said that again she when uh, when he said explicitly woman what does this concern of yours have to do with me and then uh, Mary told the people do whatever he tells you so that's always been the theology of the church that Mary is one who intercedes for us and Jesus of course does the will of the father and of course Mary just says okay bring bring God's will here today and bring wine. I always sit there and use this in my own life about saying, just like Mary said, they have no wine. I always say, Mary, Mary, tell Jesus that uh, Larry has no love so that he can make me more loving. Um, because that's what we all need to do. We all have to increase our love for God and for others, increase our love for God and for others. And uh, again, when we all come from our wounded places in our lives, even after they've been healed, there's still the scars of the woundedness that still have us act out the way we do. We're still like children in so many ways when we, we act the way that uh, we do when we're cornered. So it's being patient with that too, asking the Lord to convert that deeper from all of us so we can always do his will. Okay. Again, that's why we pray to Mary. I don't like ever saying we pray to Mary. We pray to God. We pray with Mary. We talk to Mary. And the word prayer means to talk. Um, so we talk to Mary. We talk to the saints. So you could say because talking and prayer is the same word. But I like to make the distinction that we pray to Almighty God and we pray with Mary or we talk to Mary and we talk with the saints and ask them to intercede for us. Have you got caught up in the chosen yet? No, I have not. In fact, the priest here says, how do you like the chosen? I hate the chosen. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, uh, you don't know God. Anyway, so, but I really liked it. Why does he call her woman and not mother? Woman is a sign of respect, but it goes beyond, you know, again, we're looking at translations um, of, remember Jesus spoke in Aramaic. It was translated into Greek. And then it was translated from the Greek into the uh Latin and then translated from the Latin into the English. So there's problems with translation, but it's respect and uh, bringing her just beyond his mother, but our mother. Um, Father, our bishop did not give dispensation for this year for St. Patrick's Day. Well, I'm so sorry about that. And you have to listen to your bishop. <laughs> some bishops have, some bishops haven't. Some people get crazy when they uh, do do that. So, uh, uh, a lot of bishops have not, but we do it because we are, again, our patron feast, our patron of the diocese of St. Patrick. Thanks for elaborating more. Mary, I don't always think enough about her role. Uh, the U.S. changed the clocks on a week before the rest of the world. Good evening, Father and all. Yes, I'm, I'm, I worked out fine for me because I'm in Texas, so I'm an hour behind where uh, my parish net is. I'll catch up tomorrow, of course. 
Mary, a nice and perfect example of obedience, something we all have to learn nowadays. Again, that is exactly, exactly correct. We look at Mary to show us how to, she was the perfect disciple. And we're called to be these type disciples as Mary is. And again, like when they talked about how Mary isn't the queen of heaven and Mary isn't all this stuff. Again, we spit on the cross of Christ. We reject the last gift that Jesus gave us. Jesus said, behold your mother. This isn't theology. This is Jesus. And John took Mary into her, his care. So when people go crazy and say, you know, all this stuff, it's just not being faithful to what Jesus says. Okay. How about if you have half hours and your grandpa's middle name was Patrick and that person ate meat on Friday? Only if you have the dispensation. You're in San Diego. The Cardinal down here, I'm sure, gives dispensations for all kinds of things. So, but again, um, yeah, you only can eat meat today or tomorrow if you're on, if you get the dispensation for it. Um, that's as uh, simple as it is. Like, And I can do that only in Erie. Like I'll be in Atlanta tomorrow for a layover, but I can't eat meat unless the Bishop of Atlanta has done it. So anyway, Harry St. Patrick's is a double first, whatever that means. I will be eating meat. There you go. <laughs> I'm sure in, uh, in Ireland you can eat meat. Again, that's why I don't get crazy when everybody says, well, this place, it's a mortal sin. This place, it's not a mortal sin. Oh, stop all this stuff. How they get us so crazy about all this stuff. But we got to be obedient. That's the biggest thing. Okay, time for me to go. Uh, thanks for being with me today. No, I pray for you every day, twice a day. I love you and I beg you to please pray for me. And God willing, I will see you next Thursday back from the Reason for Our Hope offices. Okay, the Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.